Hello and welcome to the debut episode of the brand new Drunken Book Club. This is the, the official first episode and we decided to, to start with the fifth book of, of Animorphs. I thought it was the fourth. Uh, fourth. Yeah, fourth. Fourth book of the Animorphs. <laughs> Don't worry folks, the other Animorphs books will be, uh, podcast episodes will be up when this one is as well up, so don't worry. If you have no clue what's going on, the other ones will be up. Hey, I'm your host, Christopher the <coughs> Rupal. Joined with Sam. Sharks don't make a noise that I know of. They, yeah, they do. They go... <coughs> they go, baby shark do 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 Oh, oh man, I'm gonna have to edit all those claps. No. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell from the episode title, we read Animorphs book number four, The Message, by K.A. Applegates. Um, Sam, what did you pregame on? Water, dark chocolate, and Swedish fish. Yummy, assorted flavored Swedish fish. Yeah, the tails ones like half one flavor, half the other. Yeah, kind of like gummy worms. Yeah. Yeah, but not as fun. Because Sam has to drive uh, uh, us to uh, Pathfinder tonight. We're going to play, we're going to roll some bones and kill some goblins or something. I don't know. No, no, it's, no, no. I don't know. I'm not the one leading the game, so I don't know. Weiss, I'm so sorry I'm going in drunk. (laughs) I just was like, I really want a drink for this one because there's a drink that I love that we made for a uh, previous podcast. We actually, the game, the drink I pre-gamed on was something I made for a Rupal's Rupees so long ago. If you want to hear this ep- the episode on Rupal's Rupees of Jaws, unfortunately, we'll have to join our Patreon at patreon.com slash drunkenbookclub. But we made this drink called Shark Attack, which is a very basic drink. Uh, it's something you can get at any... Uh, jo- I don't think Joe's Crab Shacks exist anymore, do they? I don't think so. Uh, well, you know what? There is a nice formula for it inside the uh, the alcohol book I have, the little black book, Bartender's Black Book. I own, and I just switched it up a little bit. I add my own little flair to it. But what goes inside a shark attack is two ounces of light vodka. Not dark, light vodka. Then you fill to there's however much... Dark vodka? Yeah. Or not vodka, I meant rum. Yeah, that's bodies. why I was like, because I know there's dark and light I'm rum. I'm drunk, thank you very much. Mm. But no, no, it's it's light rum. You do two ounces of that. You fill to as much, you kind of just put as much Sprite as you want for flavor. And then you put about half an ounce of blue curacao. What what the book says to do is just add grenadine and a cherry to, you know, for floater. And an orange uh, orange slice for a shark tail. But what I do is I add a quarter ounce of um, grenadine and a quarter ounce of cherry vodka to make my blood in the water happen. And it makes a very dark blue, which really makes it look nice. And then you add some Swedish fish in there. I too. like adding Swedish fish to mine, honestly, or any kind of gummy uh, sea creature. You can put turtles or octopuses. I just wouldn't suggest a sour octopus because of the crystals. But that would be good. That's and flavor. I just think the crystals would just disappear. and It would get into the drink and make it more flavorful. I don't think... Oh, no. I, I think it would. How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet? I think it's going to be an agree to disagree. I'll bet on it. I can't drink right now. I mean, I can't. We don't have shower octopuses either, so we're at a stand. We're at a stand. Yeah, so I'm not betting because. But we can still bet. No. Come on, bet me. I don't want to bet. Bet me that fat ass. 
I'm gonna own it by the end of this episode. I'm a dirty old man. I'm gonna put on my hat. Put on your your hat that you you know what you work it. Thank you. Yeah, I was about to say you look like a, a hip cool '90s chick. Thank you. Oh hey, that Feels works very, for the book. Yes, I was <laughs> Got it at World Market on clearance. Yeah, it looks nice. I like it. Thank you. Is it reversible? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Now you should wear it in the reverse. See how how cool it looks. The only problem is the tag. The tag. Well, you can probably rip off the tag. Don't rip it off now. That's gonna get stuck in my bedroom. See, Your that's bedroom? even more '90s. That design. I think that's a cooler design, honestly. Because okay, one side is like an olive green. It's an olive green corduroy. Yeah. I want to be specific on that. Very specific. Well, the other side is a uh, plaid. Plaid, like black and orange. Yeah. With white stripes. I oh. like it, honestly. I like both sides. I think the only problem with the brown and or the black and orange mm -hmm. is it's very specific for outfits. It's very specific, but you know what? Hey. Guess what? I'm rocking it. The only reason I don't like you in it, huh. you look too much like your brother. Ugh. No, Bub, Bub can wear a, a beach cap. I can't. I don't look good. I, I, don't, say, I don't know why it doesn't quite work for you. It doesn't. Hats don't work for me in general. I don't think I look good in a hat. I think you look good in like either a broader rimmed or like a more structured rim. Yeah. Like a cowboy hat. Cowboy hat. Or I haven't liked you in the bowler. I'm yeah. Lie. Yeah. I think I look good in a bowler. Okay, why do I have Twitter open on my thing? Okay, so Sam, first impressions. What were your... You went into this one actually knowing, quote-unquote, the story, because you read this as a kid. Yes, so I actually read this in, I think, like, fifth grade for... So what were your first impressions? Did, so, you, did you remember what the story was? I remembered vaguely. I remember the shark attack the most mm -hmm. vividly. And I knew... Since we've read a couple of Animorphs since before this one. Yeah. I knew it was going to involve probably the Yerks. Mm-hmm. And some other, like, Visser 3, not shenanigans, because I feel like that's way too light of a term for... No, like, plot. Yeah. Sh that kind Visser of plot. 3, evil plot. Yeah. And... I am Visser 3. I am here to destroy these children known as the Animorphs, who I believe are still Andalites. That's, that's, my, that's my Visser 3 voice. Nice. Now, what'd you think? It was good. Did you think it was hot? A little bit. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> you like villain voices because they're deep. Yeah. So. I'm not. I'm not judging. But is this, but is that all for your first impressions? Well, I knew it was gonna be Cassie just because both the cover and well, it... you can tell who it is from the cover always. Yeah. yeah. My first impressions are are if memory serves me right, this is the one where they find their official six member by going under the sea as Dolphinsman. Also, this is a Cassie. Isn't book. it fifth? Fifth member. No, six. Tobias. Okay, I just can't count. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't count my boy Tobias, who is, uh, okay, so, you know what, before before we get into the cover and the main plot, I tried watching the television show this, uh, to just today, because out of nowhere I was like, fuck it, I kinda wanna watch it. It's not good. <laughs> Let me just start off by saying that. It's not good, but it is, it is freely streaming on two different apps. It's on Freebie and Tubi. As of this recording, it could change any time. It's also on Amazon Prime if you don't want commercials, but whatever. But, for some reason, the episodes are one-off. So, episode six, The Message, the one I wanted to watch to coincide with this episode. I was like, fuck it, I'm going straight to that one, because I know what goes on with this story. It's it's not that it's not that fucking hard. It's a Nickelodeon show, you know? Yeah. But Nickelodeon disowned it. <laughs> uh, but, but what's good? I skipped straight to The Message, and it's immediately... I am Jake part two, which is the second episode of the series. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
what's going on? So I'm like, okay, maybe they switched the second episode with the sixth episode, you know? Maybe, maybe it was just that little bit of an error. But no, the second episode is the third episode, and the third episode is the fourth episode, and so on and so forth. So, if you want to watch the Animorph show, you watch the first episode, then the sixth episode, and then you go back to the second episode on these streaming services. Because, for some fucking reason, they're messed up. Maybe I should complain, but at the same time, it's it's a free app, so I don't really, yeah. you know. Of like a 20 plus year old show. Yeah, it's 20 plus, yeah. Um, but, 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 yeah, I mean, but, but one of them is run by Amazon, though, for sure. Like, Freebie is an Amazon app, but it's messed up still. I don't know. I don't know. So, can I brag about one thing about this specific book? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's signed by K.A. Applegate. It is. This specific, specific copy that we own, along with the third book as well, is signed by K.A. Applegate. We, we had her sign it the last time uh, she was in town this year. Yeah, that was really cool. She was amazing. I cried. I think I cried a little too. I, I cried really hard. She she was all like, oh, you're crying, yay. Well, she was like, she's don't like, cry, I'll cry. She's like, oh, you're crying? Huh, huh, little bitch boy? You gonna cry? And she like slapped me. He's like, come on, trans lives matter. You think trans kids will cry when they see K.A. Applegate? No, they're gonna be stronger than that. And she slapped me again. She's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's totally what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what happened. She wasn't just a total sweetheart. And like... Oh my gosh, she's like the sweetheart aunt. Yeah. Sweetest lady, sweetest yeah. lady. Uh, if you get a chance to meet her, I definitely recommend it. She stood, she, she welcomed every single person in that line. Because like, we got there late, and like, she was just like, she, she stuck it through while everyone else left. Like, champion K.A. Applegate. Yeah. Well, to be fair, she also had a line where a lot of other people didn't. Yeah. So, but and she was still doing such a class. I mean, act she was sitting saying, next to the guy who did the dog's purpose, and she wrote a book with him. Yeah. And he left. <laughs> he left about midway through when we were through the line. And again, I think he ran out of people too. So. Yeah. Which is fair. To his credit. Yeah. He seemed nice. He looked yeah. nice. He was giving away free uh, bookmarks to people who were educators. Nice. And I kind of wanted to be like, "Hey, Sam's a sex education educator. <laughs> sex educator. Would you give her one?" But he left before I could say anything. I probably would have been too bashful and like would have been like digging my toe in the ground, being like, "Okay, you're my hero." Okay, that so was the... still fucking cool though. Yeah, it's very cool. So the cover: we have Cassie leaping out of the water and transforming into a dolphin. Uh, usually, it's the third one is the most horrifying, but I'd say that the second image. No, that's my thought too. Is, is the most horrifying one? Is the second one is honestly the creepiest to me. Yeah, because like by the fourth one, like even by the third one, she's like a full dolphin. She has more of a, enough of a dolphin face that's not as scary. Whereas like the second one, she just has like a pushed out. It, snout. It's like miss. It's like a middle ground. Yeah. So like it's the, the middle Pokemon evolution that you go. Ugh. Yeah. So chapter one. As usual, we are introduced to the concept of the Animorphs, and we fast-forward through the book. Oh, and Sam, as always, don't be afraid to interrupt with jokes, comments, and all your other commentaries. Cassie is by herself one night in her family's barn, which doubles as a rehabilitation center for wounded critters. She is planning on morphing into a squirrel to find out what has been killing the animals in the sanctuary at night. Specific, specifically birds. She also mentions that she has been having bizarre dreams, but doesn't elaborate on it yet. She morphs into the squirrel, and I love the detail of how she loves how it feels to morph, and doesn't go into the painful details, but the beauty of it all. Yeah. It, it, it really brings out her character 
a very unique attribute to her character. How it's like not like bones crunching and super painful. Like the the body horror in this book isn't in her transformations as much as they are in the other books. Yeah, I was gonna say she points it out for a second in one of the transformations, but it's not like the others where you go, "Oh God." Yeah, oh, it's, it's like when she's oh first God. transforming into a dolphin. So. One thing I put with the squirrel, mm-hmm. I'm like, did this feed part of my obsession with squirrels in middle school? I don't know. Same or was it thing. just Foamy the squirrel? The when, world may never know. When she is fully morphed, the squirrel instincts kick in and she sounds like an animal TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> like legit, it's like, ooh, what's this? What's that? Ooh, I'm a squirrel. Blah, blah, blah. You hey, know, it's, it's that hey, one hey, girl. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Like it's that Potato. one female voice. And that is when Tobias shows up. Chapter two. Cassie in squirrel form is freaking the fuck out. She's not used to the energy of the squirrel and its instincts to fear the hawk have her darting out of the way. Then she sees a head pop out, and it's the culprit who's been killing all the birds. It's a fox. The fox chases after her, and she think, thinks speeches at Tobias to help her. Tobias rakes the fox, and it's like, fuck this, I'm out. Tobias admits that he was thinking of eating her before he knew it was her. Cassie transforms back, and they have a nice interaction where he fi- where we find out Tobias is, em- is embracing his hawk nature and hunting, and Cassie is not at all disgusted by it. Uh, listen to our previous episode on the encounter. Well, I think because another thing with her that I just thought of now mm-hmm. is, again, she knows more about, like, animals and, like, what they should and shouldn't eat. So, one, she wouldn't be feeding him, like, the, ba- the stuff that Jake was trying. Yeah, wasn't it, like, but... a fucking pot roast? Yeah, it was, like, something super greasy and bad for birds. Yeah. So she's gonna be like, yeah, he's gotta eat. Like, Mm -hmm. be fucked up to let him starve, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Cassie says it's time to get back to bed, even with those weird dreams. And Tobias asks, what dreams? She explains there are weird dreams about the sea, and Tobias asks, and there's a voice calling out from beneath the sea. You could cut the tension with a knife. (laughs) With a knife. Chapter 3. It's the next day after school, and the Animorphs are having a meeting at Cassie's house. They're discussing the dreams. Marco admits he hasn't had any weird dreams pertaining to the ocean. He mentions basically a wet dream. Oh yes, he does. On a bulletin board, Cassie puts quotes on it. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. On a bulletin board, Cassie puts quotes on. It normally... Oh my god. Normally, the, the quotes on there bring up hope, and but recently they've changed. Sam, can you read what the quotes are on page 15? The, just to show the nature of how they've been recently. Well, I try to get a scoop up an alcohol-infused fish. I drifted over to the bulletin board and read, Don't think there are no crocodiles just because the water is calm. Malayan oh. proverb. Beside that, just beside that was, If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. Sun Tzu. Do you want me to keep reading? No, that's it. Mm. But I am eating a delicious alcohol-infused fishy. Mmm. It looks kind of gross now because there's, like, bits of it. They're, like, deteriorating in the alcohol, and there's, like, a... Um, Yeah. Just like a real fish, its scales are peeling off. So I can think of it as the walrus. Did I tell you about the walrus at the zoo? No. So one time we watched it, like, eat... It was eating, Mm -hmm. and it kept, like, spitting its food out and then, like, putting it back in its mouth, and it just kept doing that. And I thought it was hilarious because it was kind of gross, and my mom was like, this is gross. (laughs) That was the true Mr. Walrus. So, uh, upon what Sam had just read, it shows a real change in their lives as they no longer walk together to their meetings and have to ensure that the location is secure and without family members. During this meeting, 
Only Tobias and Cassie have had the similar dream. But Jake has something recorded on a VHS tape. Now your kids, a cassette tape or VHS tape are these weird rectangular boxes we watched movies on and recorded movies. Oh. Okay, oh. Gary. I don't think anyone uh, would, would doesn't know what they are nowadays. It was a news report with an older man who had found a weird metallic object on the beach. Jake thinks the object is from an Andalite ship because it has writing similar to when he had entered the ship to get the cube. Cassie faints at this realization and Jake catches her. Chapter 4. Cassie feels as if she's falling into the sea and hears a voice calling to her uh, through uh, mind chats. It says on page 21, if you Sam would kindly read. I'm here, a voice called to me. I am here. I cannot survive much longer. If you hear me, come. If you hear me, come. She awakens and feels a bit dazed. She finds that Tobias has also fallen unconscious as well. Uh, In a family guy's, in a family guy pose, I'm not kidding. He's literally like one wing over. Oh yeah, I thought about that. I was like... He's literally in the family guy uh, fall over pose. He awakens and says he had the dream again and heard a voice too. The others admit they felt something. They believe the voice to be of an Andalite. They all agree they need to save the Andalite that is trapped under the sea. Even Marco agrees, which is a huge surprise, as he never wants to help and is always apprehensive. Chapter 5 That night, they head to the beach to see if they can find a clue or hear who is calling to them. But they're not alone. The group known as the Sharing are also there, combing the beach along with their uh, vice principal, Mr. Chapman. Or is it their principal? I don't remember. I can't remember either. I feel like that part's just kind of more of a footnote than anything, of like, which one. Tobias says they're searching for the same thing, and that Visitor 3 is also having the same visions. Soon the Sharing find their location, and the Animorphs have to run away. They run in all directions, are all... And are even fired at because the Yerks are fucking jerks. Chapter 6. They continue to be shot at and decide to rush to the water and morph into fish. Sadly, they don't know any saltwater fish to morph into and must become a trout to escape. The saltwater burns their scales and is harsh to breathe, but they are able to escape. Chapter 7. The kids don't meet up for about two days, as they do have lives outside of being Animorph, Sam. Let them live their lives. They're children. Let them live their lives. Okay. One day, Cassie is shoveling shit when Jake comes over. Jake came over to ask about Cassie's dream and what they should do about it. Cassie is unsure of what to do as she has fears of the ocean and admits she's used to the land and soil. You know what? It's fair to fear the ocean. The ocean's a scary place. Like, I get it. It's valid. (laughs) We even learn that her family has owned this land since the Civil War. The decision is up to Cassie of how they're going to get to the Andalite ship. They ponder the best animal option they have and think of what animals are at the garden, the place where her mother works, and think of either a seal or a dolphin. Though Cassie shows hesitation of morphing into a dolphin, as they're such such smart animals, Jake leaves Cassie with her options and her manure. Chapter 8. The team heads over to the gardens the next day. They rush to the wildlife exhibit and towards the big tank where the dolphins are. The kids meet the dolphins and are amazed at their jovial yet intelligent nature. Not that one. He blew his money on lottery tickets. Shame on him. 
They question the ethics of using animals to morph and whether they're no better than the Yerks they fight. They have no clear answer and just take the DNA from the dolphins. Chapter 9 The kids have a three-day weekend to enact their plan. They meet by a river that empties out into the ocean. They have Cassie go first, as she's the best morpher. She reluctantly does, and fears what the mind of the dolphin will be like, and whether it will let her have control or not. The transformation happens, and Cassie anticipates the animalistic instincts, but is met with something entirely different. She is filled with the urge to hunt, and play, and tell the others to hurry and morph so they can all play. I fucking hate that dolphin noise so goddamn much. Why do I keep making that noise? I don't know. Yeah, and you know what's the worst part? I'm going to be recording that noise and putting it over my own. So it'll be great to hear. Chapter 10. They move as a pod towards the ocean in a most merry way. They end up playing for nearly 45 minutes. Tobias is warning them that the dolphin's brain is definitely taking its toll on them. They don't seem to care, but Cassie figures out how to use echolocation and finds trouble. The others do the same and find a large shark is nearby. And suddenly, they get serious. Because, fuck sharks. Yes. You're not supposed to agree with that. True. <laughs> fuck those specific sharks. There you go. Chapter 11. They soon realize that there are many sharks and they're attacking a humpback whale. They decide it's fuck shark o'clock and start attacking the sharks that are attacking the whale. They initiate their attack and Cassie wounds one. I want to point out, this is the part that I remember. <laughs> Like, I remember them fighting and her, like, going against it and being like, oh shit, this is not great. Yeah. Uh, but the sharks attack back and eventually they stop fighting and cannibalize the wounded shark. I did not remember the cannibalism, though. Everyone seems to be okay, except Marco. Marco's tail has nearly been bitten off and was dangling by a few jagged threads. <sighs> it was useless and they were in the middle of the ocean. Chapter 12. The team is unsure of what to do. They call upon Cassie to make the decision, and she tells him to morph back to human, and then back to dolphin, and it'll be okay. They're unsure of this, but Marco morphs back. They swim to him to get him to the surface, and the humpback follows below them. Also, Marco can't swim. That's, that's an important note. It'll probably come up in the next book as well. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's Marco's book. It, uh, the humpback, uh, b -b 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 they swim to get him to the surface and the humpback falls below them. It wishes to show its gratitude and brings Marco safely to the surface. The whale then communicates with Cassie for it seems like a long time, but is only ten minutes. It tells her its life story and then tells of another being in the sea. It tells her of the location of the lost Andalite. They decide their time as dolphins for today is over and will search another time. Marco successfully remorphs into a non-wounded dolphin, and they return to shore. Chapter 13 The next day, Cassie checks up on Marco to see how he is doing. She sees Marco's father depressed in front of the TV in nothing but a bathrobe. They have a true heart-to-heart -heart about fear and how Cassie is afraid of the responsibility of being a leader and making choices that could end in death. Marco does a good job of explaining his fears and how he doesn't let them overrun his life. Cassie then tells Marco about what she saw in the newspaper. It was two articles about a treasure hunter and a marine biologist about to go exploring in the nearby ocean to find something. Cassie and Marco think they're both your controllers. 
Cassie still has second thoughts about going back out there, but Marco reassures her that this is an important mission. We must save that Andalite motherfucker. Chapter 14 A few hours later, the group meets up and discusses their plans. With the info they got there from the whale, they know that they won't have enough time to get there and back in two hours. So they plan on hopping a ride on a ship going that direction by morphing into seagulls and then hopping off the boat and morphing into dolphins. They agree on the plan and will meet up tomorrow to enact it. We end the chapter with a sweet scene between Cassie and Jake, where she builds upon their ship dynamic. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm trying to remember there was like an ironic part, and I can't, I don't know what it was. I think it was in, I'm going to look at 85, sorry. Yeah. Because I put like, it's like rain. Yeah, go ahead and check it. Yes. I'll wait. Make sure what chapter is chapter 85. Oh, the, yeah, this is the... Where he had the heart to heart. Okay. And he's like, kind of forget that basic, what was it? It would be funny if it wasn't some alien that ended up getting us, but some normal earth creature. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty sad. It would yeah. it would suck if they got killed by something. I'm like, it's not really ironic, but, or is it? Uh, I don't know the definition of ironic. Hey, editor Rupal, you want to drop that in? Thanks. Uh, the definition of irony is the expression of one's meaning by using language that normally signifies the opposite. Um, so what uh, Marco said was not ironic, but it was at least like the song ironic. So uh, there we go. Okay. Um, editor's note over by. But yeah, that's why I just did the Alanis Morissette of even if it's not. Yeah. It's Alanis Morissette ironic, at least. Yeah, it's a, exactly. Because that, that's not entirely everything in there is ironic. Nothing of there is ironic, technically. Yeah. So chapter 15. It's the next day, and we begin this chapter as the team is doing its best to wrangle the seagull's brain into control. Once they have control, they all can't help but notice all the food that they can see. They eventually reach the ocean and find a ship to land and wait on. After about an hour, they, ha they know it's time to go overboard. Oh boy, my favorite movie, Overboard. It's okay. Chapter 16. Now in the ocean, as their dolphin morphs, Cassie lets the dolphin instincts take control for a moment to help her find what they're looking for. The good news is, they're close. The bad news is, that the Yerks are just as close. Chapter 17. The pod takes a deep breath and dive deep into the ocean. You know, I only wrote the ocean into one part, and I haven't written it since, but I have to say the ocean. Hey, I'm Sebastian the Crab. Look at me, be the crab. Oh, I'm the crabby one, get it? Hey. They eventually find what they're looking for. A saucer-like ship, ship about half a mile long. Inside is what appears to be a park with alien-like terrain. They find a hatch to enter the enclosure and quickly get in. They morph back, and as they are met with warm, incredible incredibly fragrant air they all fall unconscious chapter 18 cassie is the first to awaken and is told not to move by thought spoken words they want to ensure that they're not a threat to them it's the andalite they've been searching for they explain how they came here to rescue them but he's confused by this as he was trying to contact his own kind they explain how they met prince alfangor who is his brother and how he died in battle and gave them the, be the ability to morph. Oh, I'm just going to say in the television show, 
It's so not. He's like he's like stuck in like a warehouse because <laughs> they couldn't afford that shit. They're like we can't afford the underwater scenes with dolphins and like Cassie turns into a skunk to distract <laughs> because like the other people are like there. Well, and also the high sci-fi thing too. Yeah, they're like no, we don't have that kind of budget, so he's in a warehouse. Yeah, could afford the warehouse for fifty minutes. He is saddened by the news of his brother, but is relieved to have allies on this planet. The Andalite explains how he got there, that this is only part of a ship and that it was detached so the other part could maneuver better and that he is but a child and not ready for battle. He explains that the ship crashed into the ocean and that he's been here for weeks trying to contact his cousins to rescue him and in a last ditch effort, let out a, mi- a mirror wave called, not a microwave, I almost said microwave. You can, I mean, you can understand. Look at the word mirror wave on my notes. That looks like microwave. It's, it's like right there. Oh, yeah, I can see. See? Yeah. They finally introduce themselves to him, and his name is Aximili Esgarouth Ishtil, or Ax for short, as determined by Marco. Ax ask. Ax ax. Ax ax. Ax asks who is their prince, and the team all stare at a very reluctant Jake. Axe pledges to fight for Prince Jake until his cousins return. Chapter 19. Axe is showing the Animorphs around the ship while they recuperate from their last morph. Axe also explains what the Yurk do to controlled planets. They destroy all life that can't feed the race of the planet and all plant life to make it like their homeworld. The Animorphs are shocked by this realization, not fully realizing the size and scope of the issue that at hand until now. He also we also get the bad news that the next wave of Andalites won't be there for another year or two. They've rested enough and decide to go back to the ocean. Chapter twenty. Also for some reason I had a deja vu like I didn't really remember it. Yeah. But the part with the Andalite ship was very familiar. I mean it's a very striking image, honestly. The beautiful like orange asparagus like trees, you know? Yeah. It's a it's a really beautiful sight. Chapter 20. They check to make sure Axe can swim, and he says he acquired a morph for just this situation. But before they can escape, a shadow hangs over them. A ship has stopped above them, and is using sonar to track them. The five escape through the hatches, four dolphins, and a shark! <laughs> see, see, you're going with, like, <gasps> shocked. I'm going with, what a boner! <laughs> um... <laughs> As they make their escape, the enemy is dropping explosives and have cracked the dome of X's former home. They swim to the surface but aren't out of danger yet. As Vizzer's, uh, sh- as, oh my god. As Vizzer's 3 ship flies above them, dropping a dozen taxon, giant centipede-like aliens, the Animorphs get ready to fuck their lives up. What? I was just thinking of that with all all dolphin noises. <laughs> Chapter 21. The Animorphs make mincemeat out of the soft taxons in their ocean forms. They need to get to an island to rest before heading home, f- uh, but Visitor 3 ship and the boats are still on top of them. Then the blade ship drops something big and it disappears. The kids find out it's Vizzer 3 morphed into a space, a space ocean animal called a Mardrut. The Mardra is large 
and propels itself through the water by shooting water out of three large chambers. It's time to swim the fuck away. Chapter 22. The huge red and purple monster was slowly gaining on the team as they panicked swam as fast as they could. They were all getting tired, but not Visitor 3. Visitor 3 taunts them with threats of enslaving them or just eating them. He hasn't decided yet. The human kids aren't as phased by this, but poor Axe is. He is startled by the words and is having trouble keeping it together. Cassie is just as afraid and her life is going before her eyes. She then hears the whale song and in a last-ditch effort attempts to beckon the ancient life to their rescue. The rest of the team decide to say, fuck it, if we're going to die, let's go out fighting, and they face the monster head-on. Also, the grossness, I want to point out the taxon, the way that, the taxons, like, explode. Oh, yeah, they, like, like, fucking, like... They don't just, like, bleh, they, like... If you've ever played the game Maneater, it's like whenever you defeat a monster, uh, another sea animal in that. That's how I would describe it. Just bloody gore and visceral. Chapter 21. The Animorphs... Oh, wait, no, sorry. Chapter 23. I don't know why it screwed me down so much. Or screwed me up. Visitor 3 lets out one more taunt before lunging at the gang. But suddenly, from the ocean deep, comes five whales to save the day. Tomb sperm. Whales. <laughs> and three humpbacks. They fight off Visitor 3 and he runs away in fear. The kids morph back on top of the whale, who allows them to rest on its large body. Cassie, exhausted from everything, falls asleep on the whale. When, when she awakens, they're near the beach. Jake and Cassie then have a heart-to-heart, -heart and they come to the realization that since they're using the animals' bodies to ensure their life on the planet, it's okay to use them. The book kind of said it better than I did. Yeah. But but well, it's, it's pretty much that, though. Well, and it's also not just possessing the animal. Yeah. Because, like... I think the Eric's will literally like they're possess. possessing people to use them while they're using them to ensure their survival. Yeah. Versus the the Yurks who are using them to ensure their survival. Well, and the fact that like it's not the dolphin that's risking its life. Yeah. The dolphin they copied the DNA from is still just vibing in the tank. Exactly. Like fucking Rachel will be okay. Chapter but not Phoebe. But that's for a different issue. That's a different issue. I mean. Smelly cat, smelly cat. See, people aren't going to get it because I haven't gone through our notes yet of that. Chapter 24. The kids morph once again to dolphins and swim up river to where they stashed their clothes. Tobias is there and meets Axe. They try to decide what to do with Axe and Cassie offers the land near her farm for him to live on. It is my land. It is okay for you to live on here. Beautiful Axe creature. I don't know why she's native. But she's and, a native and a male. man. <laughs> you, don't, you can't decide her fate. She's, she's not. Um, then they're like, how are we supposed to get him there? And he's like, watch this. And with permission, he touches their faces and acquires their DNA. And then morphs into a kid that is a combination of the four. They turn away as to not stare at his weird boy wiener. And Well, it almost wasn't a wiener. Yeah, it wasn't almost a wiener. Uh, and tell him there are spare clothes nearby. When they look at him, he has a pair of boxers on his head and is wearing a t-shirt like a pair of baggy shorts. See, is it weird that I thought with the t-shirt that his dick was hanging out of the head pocket? It's giant. It's giant. <laughs> like, he was like, this is a prince's dick. I am a prince. Uh, <laughs> no, he got Cassie's horse DNA somehow. Yeah. 
they ask if he's a boy or a girl, uh, like if they're a professor in Pokemon, and X responds that he's decided on a boy, as that's what he is. Good for him. He decided yeah. on his sex. Good for him. Good, good on, yeah, good good on him. him. It, it, well, technically gender. No, well, sorry, both. sorry, gender. You know what I mean. Yeah. I mean both, technically, because he could have. Yeah, yeah. Axe is also perplexed by the human mouth, and he and repeats many of the words he says. Remember, kitties, analytes don't have mouths to communicate with, and I'm, and I'm assuming the other creatures he's morphed into don't speak either. <laughs> Marco and Jake help Axe out, and when Cassie looks at him, this is how he describe or this is how she describes him on page one forty-eight. Sam, uh, oh hey, I almost turned right to the correct page. Start with that one. When I looked again, Axe was dressed normally, but he did not look normal. He was a medium height, a perfect balance between Rachel and Marco. He was a medium build, somewhere between Jake and Marco. His hair was brown, with just a little bit of Rachel's gold and a little of my curl. His skin was the color of light brown sugar, blending of my brown and Marco's olive, and Jake and Rachel's pale white. He was human, yet somehow strange. Axe has some trouble with his new morph, but they grew, but the group helps him to Cassie's place. Chapter 25. A few days later, on a moonlit evening, Cassie morphs into a seagull and travels to the gardens. She morphs to human at the dolphin tank and then to a dolphin. She wants to try and explain what she had done and gain their permission, but the dolphins don't seem to care and wish to play and dance with her. She does so. The end. Yay! Ooh-wee! Ooh-wee! Sam, do you have any notes that you uh, may have missed? Yes. So... As I, as I uh, try to grab some more liquor-infused candies. So one, when they were talking about, like, the, oh, we used to have fun, I was like, trauma! Yeah. they're all just horribly traumatized. Yeah, like good kids should. And then the Cassie has a crush on Jake, because she basically says it. Yeah, oh yeah, she definitely does it. And then... I mean, she he has a crush on her. And then, like... It's definitely a will-they-won't-they they for a good chunk of the series. Yeah. And then Marco has a moment where he's like, I want to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you can fucking fly. Why would you want to drive? And he's like, I can't pick up babes. Mm-hmm. And Tobias like makes a joke of like, oh yeah, hawks are great for picking up. And I was like, bird babes. <laughs> that's he, got, he got a bird babe. It's called Rachel. He can just, she can just transform into that one hawk and then he can go to town on her. And then, so the dolphins, and to give context of the one joke I made, mm-hmm. was they're all named after Friends characters. Yes. So, they are. They they're literally named Joey, Rachel, Ross, Phoebe, Phoebe, um, Monica. Yeah, Monica and douchebag. Chandler. Yeah, Chandler. Yeah, douchebag. <laughs> but anyways, I was like, no one told me life was gonna be this way. Yeah, is that it? Any more notes? I got a few more. Okay. So. Uh, Tobias has a watch attached to him. He has a Timex watch. Yeah, Timex. I was like, damn, a Timex. Mm-hmm. Like, fancy. And then the whale part was super cool. Oh, it was, it, that was... I, I have that in my nose as well. Like, that was just such a cool moment. And then the seagull, I just made the joke, mine. Mine? 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 Because mine. 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 that was basically... That was them, yeah. That, that was the vibe. And then the tension... That they had for a moment in the end, I can't remember. It just the sexual like, tension between what's it called? What's what's her face and what's his face? Jake and Cassie. Yeah, it's the same. I mean, it's not sexual tension. What would you call that? Pre like romantic tension. Thank you, romantic tension. I apologize. I just know it's sexual tension. 
There's romantic tension as well. I well, you know, I'm not a fucking what's it called writer, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, that's what I thought. A, Here a are fucking my... what you're like a a writer. Yeah, like a writer. Am I right, Kay Applegate? She just gave me the biggest high five. Did you see that? Fuck me, man. She came all the way from Texas just to high five you. How'd you know she was in Texas? Because she says she lives in Texas. Oh shit. She's also doing a con there right now. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that one. Yeah, she's doing a con right there actually. Any more notes? Um, not uh, other than like the, for the wrap up kind of thing. Okay. So, uh, a couple of my notes are, why is the squirrel named Megilla? She gets the squirrel's power from a, a squirrel named Megilla, which should have been Megilla the gorilla. Mm. It's cute that Jake has a picture of Cassie that's a natural pick of her, and not one of not one of her in her best outfit, though she does feel a little insecure about it. Yeah. The book really goes into how the kids feel about how, about their morphing powers and how it affects normal life. About how the two boys find things they once enjoyed so mundane compared to when they're animals. But Rachel sees it as a challenge to overcome her human body and try to outdo her animorph. Yeah. I, I just find that a very interesting detail. That is very interesting of seeing the different, how they relate to it differently. Mm-hmm. Chapter 12 is an amazing feat of YA literature. I find the wizened words of the whale to be a magnificent journey into the mind of a great one. Yeah. Chapter 12 is just one of the best chapters ever. Oh, yeah. I think if we ha- if we had decided what chapter for her to, to set for Kay Applegate to sign, it would have been that one, I think. But we didn't. It's been. I had her like sign my years. favorite chapter. It's the chapter when Tobias tries to kill himself. That's a very strong chapter. Oh, no, it's a really good chapter. It's just the way you say it, though. Just... He tried to kill him, though. Okay, so here's just my wrap up notes before we get into, uh, into our pairings. So, Sam, what are the new morphs? Do you know at the top of your head? So, seagull. Mm-hmm. Dolphin, obviously. Yep. Squirrel. Yep. Um. There's only one more. Actually, two more. You're missing. Uh, does shark count for F? Yes! And then... Come on, one more. Like, Come on, you just said his name. Human for X. There you go. Sam got them all. Jake, Marco, and Rachel all do dolphin and seagull as their new morph. Cassie gets dolphin, seagull, and squirrel, while Axe has shark and human. There we go. And here are all the pop culture references in no particular order. Okay, they're in order of the book, so they are in order. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, King Friday, that one woman from Baywatch, Pamela Anderson, question mark? Little Mermaid, Psychic Friends Network, The Walkman, Michael Jordan, Friends, the television show, Timex, Three Musketeers bars, McDonald's, and The Hunt for Red October. All without context. If you want context, read the book, Mother Fur Cow. Okay, Sam. So, before we get into our rating or reviewing, what are your pairings with this book? What, like, a, 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 with, with my wonderful shark attack drink that I would pair with a wonderful Joe's Crab Shack meal of crab, crab, and more crab. What would you pair with this? I'm going to steal one of yours because we had the same thought of Echo the Dolphin. Yes, the video game from Sega Genesis. You can pick it up on any Sega Genesis connect uh, collection. Um, so for the, uh, like I said, uh, the first one in the series of Echo the Dolphin refers to humpback whales as great ones like this book does. Like, they legit say that. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. And also have... They both have traumatizing moments involving dolphins. Yeah. 
I don't know much else. Or I kept thinking flipper, but I also feel like it doesn't fit at all. Okay, so when it comes to pairings, they don't necessarily need to fit perfectly, but they need to have a good flavor and have a good reason behind it. I think flipper is a good reason because it's got a dolphin. Yeah, a dolphin and it's a kid's. Exactly. So yeah, that's why I say flipper. I have not seen flipper in like 20 years. The show or the movie? I believe it was the movie because it had a Pizza Hut like little... Oh, like, that's the movie. I, I've I got the little the like topper thingy on top of the cup. Huh. That was a dolphin. Yeah. My other two, I actually have two, uh, two more. Disney Nature Dolphin Reef. I'm a fan of Disney Nature flicks. They're simple, clean documentaries that are good for the family. And yes, there is a humpback whale in this one as well. But it's a really good Disney Nature flick. Um, you could really, sh- this is like the kind of stuff that they would show in like, what's it called? In, in a science class that is like PG and not too traumatizing for children. Not one of those where you go, oh, do you promise to love this creature? Yeah. Do you want to protect it? It's in mortal danger. I mean, it does have those moments. But, but it's not as constant. Yeah. As like some of them where it's literally as soon as you're introduced and you start to bond with it, they're like, yeah. watch it almost get eaten. And this one is narrated by Natalie Portman. Nice. Who's, who's always nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I just hear Padme. Uh, and my other one is, is such a far left field one. Because Sam, you may have re- mentioned Flipper. Mine is way more left field than yours. It is an it is an episode of the Adventures of Pete and Pete. There's no dolphins in this episode. <laughs> There's absolutely no dolphins, but it's called the Call. So, it's sharing kind of a weird idea of a call that haunts the main characters until they finally answer it. Not a one-to-one idea, but I like the like that they both share this weird message that takes them on an adventure. Because in the episode of Pete and Pete, it's literally just a random phone booth. That just always constantly rings, and they're always afraid to answer it. But the Pete's decide to say, fuck it, let's answer it, and go on an adventure. Yeah. So I kind of just feel like it has that kind of same feeling to it. Yeah, and it's yeah. 90s Nick. Exactly. Good, good Nick. Yeah, you heard me, Nickelodeon. You fucking heard Fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so ratings and reviews, or uh, rating and reviewing. Sam, what's, what's your review of this book? So I feel like part of it was... And this kind of sums up how I felt about it, mm-hmm. was it was hard to take notes in it, because I just didn't want to put it down. It's so good! Yeah. Because I realized, like, one time I was like, oh, shit, I haven't written anything for, like... You may have noticed that pages. Sam didn't say much during this episode. It was just really good. Like, like okay, the... remember when I started reading this one? I said I wanted to... I couldn't put it down. I didn't want to put it down. Yeah. Like, I... Like, legit. Like, when I do notes for Dragon Book Club... I, I'm like, I always set a goal of like, only read to this chapter and then take a break. Don't read for the rest of the day because it takes a lot out of me. I wanted to keep reading. This is such a good book. Well, I actually got like, when I said, okay, I'll read half of it. Cause mm-hmm. I, again, I'll just do the binge right before, like a few days before yeah. at most. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to 75. Cause that's a little, mm-hmm. about half close enough. Yeah. And I kept going, and I was like, oh shit, I'm at 80. Yeah, I noticed that as well, because you left the book on the um, on your bookshelf in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I wonder if Sam really made it to 75 or not. And I saw that she made it to 80. I'm like, oh shit, she liked it just <laughs> as much as I did. But yeah, so I feel like that definitely speaks to it. It was hard to take notes, because there's not much to... It's so good! Like, yeah, it's one of those, like, what else is there to say? This might honestly be the best Animorph book. At so least far. so far. So far. Because I don't want to speak, because there's a lot of books, but... Definitely. I'm giving it a 5 out of 5 of clothing malfunctions. 
Alright, I swear these books keep getting better. It really does surprise me that it always feels like a completely different voice from book to book, and how they accomplish that so well. The action keeps moving at a good pace, and Cassie's thoughts and emotions are explored throughout the story, and feel all too real. It's an emotional journey that I live for. I really have nothing to complain about here. It's a good book in Animorphs, and a good book for Drunken Book Club. I give the message a solid 5 out of 5. Yes. Another time you'll have to add that in. Oh, oh yes, yes, definitely. I was about to say, I, I'm downloading that sound so I can just have it immediately. So, Sam, do you know what the next book in the Drunken Book Club uh, series is? I don't remember. It's all good. No worries. So, next week, we're going to take a little side journey. Uh, it's going to be a, uh, it, it might be something with the Force related. He doesn't make a, he, he's not there. We read a, a, an adventure book in Star Wars land. But then we'll be journeying into the world of Lord of the Rings. What the fuck? This isn't children literature. This book's too long. Don't worry. We'll explain when we get there. But the next book we're reading for Drunken Book Club is The Mysterious Matter of I Am Fine, as recommended to us by former patron, Spongy! Spongy! And, hey, you know what? If you want to join our Patreon as well and suggest us books, it's only a dollar a month. A dollar? To be like, hey, read this book, idiot. Uh, yeah, call us idiots. We'll read that book. As long as it's not longer than 250 pages, we will read a book for Drunken Book Club. We might also say certain other things. It also might be, is it appropriate for the for the series as well? Yeah. It's kind of another big one. Because, like, I don't think we're going to read um, the uh, a novella by Clive Barker. Because that might be a little too intense for our kind of... Kind of our minds when we're drunk. Or a harlequin romance. Ooh. Don't get me all hot with my vapors, baby. Uh, but yes, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash drunken book club. It's a dollar a month. Why not join? <laughs> like our patron Trey. Sup, Trey? He had us read Banicula and Holiday Inn. You should be like him and recommend his books. And Sam, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and every so often on Tumblr at Berserker Rose. And you should also make sure to rate and review us wherever you listen to us. It really does help. And also follow us on Twitter at DBC underscore pod. That's right. I changed the changed it. <laughs> I couldn't make a drunken book club because that one was already taken. Or it was too long. I can't remember which one. Wait, no, it was taken, and then I tried D Drunken Book Club underscore podcast, and that was already taken. Gotcha. So, yes. So, follow us at DBC underscore pod, because I felt that was, it's, it's quick and easy. Yeah. And, uh, I, what song are we going out on, Sam? Didn't you want that one SpongeBob song? da 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 da